baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Before we get to uh, quick takes, now that sounds like a, this is Owl City, I believe. Owatonna, Minnesota's own Owl City. Really? A, From Owatonna? I yeah. loved this song. I didn't know that. Yeah. This is about, what, six, seven years old, this or, song? Or, or more. More? Or mo- yeah. Ten years, maybe? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that sounds like a ringtone. Uh, worst times where your phone is going off. Wes is in Wilmer. Wes, China. Oh, boy. Are you done with that or not? Oh, you I'm, might not be. Hello, Wes. <laughs> You're on the radio, Rick. Hey. Wes, Wes, go ahead. Yeah, are you done? Are you finishing a sandwich or what? Yeah, I'm in the cabin. Uh, hey, uh, true story. I'm not kidding you guys about this. Uh, I had to go to the doctor, and um, I'm in the doctor's office, and I hung my pants up on that hook, you know, uh, behind the door. And uh, I was I was getting a procedure, a procto. And my phone was in my pocket, and uh, sure as hell that my phone goes off. But the doctor, it was the, the, the my ringtone was when the saints come marching in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. See ya. Have a good day. Oh, they were marching in. Uh, oh, somebody Wes. says I had the uh, Dar- the imperial march, the Darth Vader. Dun 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 dun. As for my ringtone for my boss during my annual review, he pocket dialed me, got a stare, but no comments. Oh, that's funny. Are you that's... ready to feel? You ready to feel old? Okay, Adam? this is two thousand and ten. Uh, yeah, two thousand nine, which is fourteen oh, years wow. ago. Fourteen years oh. ago. Wait, I want to go back to this text because do, do we understand what the? It was during the review, so the boss was with the employee. And the boss accidentally pocketed. Not, him. I don't know that the boss accidentally did it. Oh, I think the boss did it on purpose to see maybe what kind of ringtone would pop up with the employee that was getting a call from the boss, and it was the Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. the Darth Vader theme. Wow, that's kind of genius of the boss, but also a little conspiracist, conspiracist. Conspiratorial. Thank you. Thank you. Conspiratorial. Because, like, really, are you thinking that your employees are changing their ringtones just for you? I mean, I guess this You're one You're paranoid. Was. You're paranoid. Paranoid. Yeah. 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 Some of the great leaders of the world have been gonna, parano- completely paranoia. I'm going to so. have to try that. I'm going to call Adam during the break. <laughs> uh, the ballot for next year's class of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is out. And for the first time, Twins great Joe Maurer is on the ballot. Maurer was, of course, MVP in 2009 when that last song came out. He's also a three-time batting champ and six-time All-Star for the Twins. Adam, does Joe Maurer belong in the Hall of Fame? I think so. I think Joe Maurer is a Hall of Famer. Not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I do believe that uh, his talent as a catcher in a position that, uh, you know, typically... That you know the catcher was all you know your bottom of the order kind of better defensively a guy you rely on more defensively well he had both I mean great defensive catcher obviously had a great offensive skill you know the love hate for Joe Maurer after a while in this town was something to to behold and I mean why was there hate I think That's just nice because boy. he got a huge contract he got a lot of money 
And it was based on, I think, his 2009 performance when he hit, what is it, 28 home runs, and we thought, okay, this is what we're going to get consistently. And he just didn't have that same power swing, especially they moved to target field. Mm-hmm. But he was still just a tremendous offensive talent. And the def- like his defensive abilities were, I mean, second to none at the position. So, yes. I mean, whenever you get mega rich, you could be the nicest guy in the world. And if you're not performing to yep. what the fans think you should be performing, they're not, that's just the nature of sports. Mm-hmm. Well, he was so, a batting champion and an A-plus defensive catcher, yes. mm-hmm. which is an anomaly. Usually your catcher is Correct. batting in the bottom of the lineup is not that great yeah. hitter, and he was both, Yeah, uh, which gave him yeah. a lot of so value. Yes, and, I think Joe Maurer is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. In 1919, a Minnesota woman checked out a book from a Hennepin County library. It was called Famous Composers, Volume 2 by Nathan Haskell Dole. And let's just say she was a little late in returning that book because last week, a full 104 years after she checked it out, her daughter returned the book to the St. Paul Library. Now, the fine uh, back in those days was a penny a day for oh, a late book, which would rack up to 380 Dollars. It seems like that uh, fine will not be enforced. But Jordana, what's Why? your take? What's fine. your take on the, Get the fine. long overdue book? Pay it. Force them to pay it. A hundred and four years. That is a long time. She is a slow reader, especially from the grave. The poor woman is not around anymore to return it. No, this is a great story. I love that. It's it's okay that the book was there. It's a we'll buy another one. Famous composers. Maybe she really loved it. Really respect. This is an adorable story that they found the book. I would love to even look at the book. I want to see what that book looks like, what it feels like, the names that were in it. Um, I think that's a great thing, and that they returned it is nice. But it's almost like a piece of family history now too, like what the, what her great grandmother was into. So I, I don't know. It's a sweet story. Any coffee? Coffee? Yeah, coffee. No, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, you don't drink coffee? How about instant coffee? No, I don't have... You don't have any instant coffee? Well, I don't normally... Who doesn't have instant coffee? I don't. You buy a jar of Folgers crystals, you put it in a cupboard, you, know you forget about it. Scary. And later on, when you need it, it's yeah. there. It lasts forever. It's freeze-dried. Freeze-dried crystals. Book in the library. Really? Top. I have to remember that. this episode? You took this book out in 1971. Yes, and I returned it in 1971. Yeah, 71. That was my first year on the job. Bad year for libraries. Bad year for America. Hippies burning library cards. Abby Huffman telling everybody to steal books. I don't judge a man by the length of his hair or the kind of music he listens to. Rock was never my bag. But you put on a pair of shoes when you walk into the New York Public Library, fella. Look, Mr. Bookman. <laughs> Mr. Bookman. <laughs> oh, one of the great moments of Seinfeld. Bookman the library Bookman. guy. Drawing pictures of wee-wees and pee-pees. Bookman. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm uh, glad they didn't go after her. I'm glad the book got returned. No, pay, make her well. pay 300 bucks. I think they should not go after her, and then she should give a donation. For yeah, there you go. 400 bucks, yeah. There you go. <clears throat> uh, select law enforcement officers in Minnesota will soon have a new tool in their arsenal to help catch cannabis-impaired drivers. It's a saliva-based roadside mm. test that would help officers detect people who are driving. No more driving while high, Jordana. Cannabis. I'm looking we'll at you. Ch- I'm looking at yeah, you, Cheech. I know, right? Adam, is this, uh, is this good news yes. as our state becomes well, hopefully uh, it works. Yeah, I mean, that was, legalized, yeah. I was all for legalizing recreational marijuana, but mm-hmm. that came with the concerns that, yeah, I don't want people driving high. And there should be a detection. If we're going to legalize it, we should have an ability 
to tell when a driver is high. So, mm-hmm. yes, hopefully this is a pilot program. Mm-hmm. It's being used in other states. We asked the sheriff off air if she was part of this. She's not, but uh, she's fully on board with having a means yes. to tell people whether people drivers are high. So I hope it works, and bravo. Yes, we need it. Totally. I totally agree. We should not be driving high, and there should be penalties for that, 100%. Ooh, I just Gee, David, you got to put your mic on. I didn't turn my mic on. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> A Chicago-based developer is looking to bring four new restaurants to St. Louis Park, including Shake Shack, Chipotle, a Denver-based breakfast and brunch restaurant called Snooze, an AM eatery, and Sweet Greens, which is a fast-casual restaurant specializing in organic salads and bowls. Jordana, which one of those four are you most excited to come to your hometown? I'm excited about all of them because Shake Shack, because they're all coming to my hometown, right? This is St. Mm-hmm. Louis Park, right? Yes. Yep. So Shake Shack makes a vegan sh- a chocolate shake that is delicious. They also have like a vegan chocolate ice cream. I'm super excited about that and a veggie burger, of course. Uh, Chipotle, uh, who doesn't love Chipotle? I mean, that's like the most satisfying food you could ever eat. Uh, what's the other one? The salad place? Uh, yeah, a place for salads and bowls, organic yeah. salads and bowls. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love that? And the other one is a breakfast place that I never yeah. heard of. Breakfast and brunch, yeah. But can't wait to try that. I, I, I don't know that I can – this is like asking to pick a favorite child. What what a Sophie's choice this is, David. I cannot wait to try each and every one of them. I don't like that. Really? I, don't, I don't like that answer. My question was, which one are you most looking forward to? Um, Shake Shack because the kids really like Shake Shack, and I think the closest one is like Eat Diner, the Mall of America. Okay. So the kids like that. And I really like ice cream, so I really miss it. What about you? What would be your favorite out of all of those? Uh, probably the breakfast joint. Yeah, I love it. I mean, Chipotle. You can get Chipotle anywhere. Yeah, but right. We have one of those by the Whole Foods. We yeah. already have that in St. Louis Park, so yeah. Um, okay. I, I don't even know what we're doing next, but your text, by the way, about when – because I'm busy reading your texts about when your phones go off in inappropriate places. So we will share some more of those when we get back. Somebody so, raise a good – before we get to the uh, text, you know, on the topic of those pot tests. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the text point is out, and this is true. They're five thousand dollars a piece. Is that tests. true? What? Yes. Did, did you confirm that? Okay. So that's a lot. And the question is too: is like, okay, is that like? Because yeah, pot stays in the system for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Right. So if I smoked a joint two weeks ago, and I'm driving, and I take a test, and it shows up, uh, I'm not high currently. No. But if I smoked it two weeks ago, I mean that's so. Hopefully. And also, if you took a gummy an hour ago, would that show up? Or is it just for smoke? I don't, I don't know. I, we See, we don't know no, the answer, gotta be, so we'll have to. Right. <clears throat> what do you think? It's just for smoke? No, I, th- I think it would have to be for gummy. For both, too. Right. right. You would think it would have to right. be able to detect. And they say it's a cheek swab. So I imagine the technology, certainly if it's $5,000 a swab, the technology is there. We just got to get it cheaper now. But um, – Adam, some of these texts are hilarious. Adam's phone went off, uh, which never happens. Uh, and even it was on silent. So I don't know what got to override that during our conversation with Sheriff Dewana Witt. So, of course, he grabbed his phone and quickly turned it off. So we asked the question, when was the most embarrassing time your phone went off in public or was it sensitive for you? So this texter writes, guys, I, too, had a ringtone of when the saints come marching in. Until one day in church during the sermon, my phone rang. Searching for my purse desperately, the pastor looks up and says, is that God calling? (laughs) 
That's a great line, though. That's great. She says, or she or he says, so embarrassing. I always silence my phone now. I am, um, I do, I have my phone on silent all the time. All and the Mark time. yells at me because I never pick up the phone. And I'm like, okay, but I don't like to talk on the phone right. either. So just send me a text. I, I don't. I'm the same way. It's, don't call me. It's not that I'm missing calls. It's, I probably just don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Of course, there's, very, there's cell phone etiquette. Not Mark, but, you know. I don't want people to know that I don't want to talk to them. Yeah. So I'll let the phone completely ring until yeah. it gets to the voice. Because if you stop it early, then they know you're screening. Oh, is so that So if you call someone and you is? only get like one or two rings and it goes to voicemail, that means they hit send to voicemail. But I, I didn't know I give that. The illusion, I give the illusion that I'm t- really missing your call. So I'll let the ring play out. And then okay. I'll let it go to voicemail. Okay. I, you know, I don't care about that. I, I'm probably not going to take your call. So uh, feel free to leave me a voicemail yeah. if you need to. But send me a text or we will make a time to talk on the phone if you need to talk on the phone with me. Because I, I, I feel like – and I, I grew up in the 80s. Like I talked on the phone all the time. That's what we did after Isn't that school. Crazy? And yet now I find it intrusive, especially if you're not expecting a call. My wife said that to me the other day. She's because we were texting and we were talking about you know how long we know each other and this and that and and she made a point a comment and she she was kind of she made it in passing but it really kind of struck with me. She's like, oh, I know you don't like to talk on the phone anymore. I'm like, what do you mean anymore? And she's like, well, you used to. I think you used to. We used to enjoy our phone conversations. And I was like racking my brain thinking, when was that? Because I don't remember a time in Maybe my in life that I enjoyed talking. On the telephone. Well, maybe you didn't enjoy it, but you did it because you had to talk to your mom. I still didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry, no Cheryl. offense, mom. <gasps> I get it. I but don't. And, but right. that, and that's a different generational thing. So, like when she talks to me, she can tell that I'm like, if I'm giving short answers, you know, I've got, maybe got something going Busy. on. Mm-hmm. But I think she gets offended at that, and it's like, well, I just that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a phone conversationalist. The calls I always pick up are my children, my parents. Uh, so often my brother or sister, if they call and Mark, you know, if I'm, but I know like if he's coming home from somewhere or if, it, you know what I mean? If he's just calling to shoot the breeze and mm-hmm. say, hi, um, I, I don't have to necessarily pick that up if I'm doing something else, but I, uh, I don't love talking on the phone. Right. And if I do, I'll make a plan. Hey, can you talk? This is a good time. I had to chat with Matt Gutman just yesterday and we both texted numerous times before like, Hey, when's a good time to talk? Well, I, I have five minutes now. Okay, let's do it. You know, so he knew it was coming. I just, I don't know. Isn't that funny how we find phone calls intrusive now in this day and age? And we all have phones in there, like the centerpiece of our lives. Again, I would argue that they they shouldn't be called phones anymore because phone, like, is the phone aspect of your phone a top five function of your phone? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would say texting. Communication is. Texting is. Yeah. Um, Email for me. I check email. Right. Uh, social media. What would be the fourth? Do you check sports or do you? Oh yeah, so yeah. like fantasy Google. football. Okay, I'm using fantasy football app okay. uh, much more than I'm using the phone call app. Much more than you phone okay. call app. I just said okay. Actually, using the actual phone. There are two games I play on my phone, so people play games on the phone. Yeah. Oh, music, of course. Music. Yeah, right. right. There's already six things that right. we mentioned. Right. So it's probably and not talking top 10. was not one of them. <laughs> Oh, God. wow. Okay. Some of the textures are chiming in here. Um, let's see. If someone takes a call in the men's room, I usually flush purposely to make it clear to whoever they are talking to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so been good. there, done that. 
I'm, I'm not, you know, That's I'll use good. the phone wherever I am. That's you just got to ask a good question and then put it on mute and then That's use it. the restroom and get back to it, right? Yeah, I'm not opposed to it because God God knows, friends, I, I've been on the in the bathroom with you guys in the morning, but I do mute it so you don't have to hear it. But, you know, when you got to go, you, you got to go. That. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Adam, if you receive a phone call while you're on the phone with another call, we'll go to voicemail. Also, it doesn't always ring busy. Uh, Adam is a screening pro. Yes, I am. Are you? Oh, is that somebody who you've screened out? Do you know? I don't know. Um, wow. It's an electronic leash. Yeah. A phone? Yeah, I guess. Maybe we didn't mind talking on the phone in high school because you had, you were so limited to do it. I had to share it with my siblings. So you got like limited amount of time to gab with your friends on the phone and it was Plus a, there was a something luxury. more but and it was like it was like a it, it was like a lottery or like a you know it's like yes. ooh it's like a surprise like if the somebody phone's ringing up. Yeah. who's it for <laughs> who's it for ooh like who's who are we going to talk to yes. who is it and then you never know yes and it always got answered in the house nobody ever just let the phone oh, ring no. in the house Did somebody then you pick up the phone while somebody's on it you know mm-hmm. like I'm on the phone didn't she ever do that? But didn't pick- you get the two? Then you got the two lines. When we were in high school, one year, that was our Hanukkah oh. gift to all three of us. Was a second line. So, like, if somebody else's friend was calling in, you could click over and be like, "Well, I'm on the phone now. I'll get off in ten minutes." Yeah. Or, you know, right? Oh my gosh, the second line. Yeah, that was a Hanukkah game gift changer. In the game mm-hmm. changer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, ten twenty nine News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Uh, Tori Vanute from Axis joins us every Tuesday. We asked her last week about what's the point of Governor Walls going to Australia. Well, she said, wait, we've got an answer for that. They looked into the success or failed success. What's the point of governors going on these trade missions? Do they work? We'll find out what they found out next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 10.35 as we bring in Tori Van Oot from Axios. Joins us every Tuesday, usually at 9.30, but uh, she agreed to bump later for us. We appreciate that. I brought up the flag, Tori, because what? We've we, oh, we got to something? ask her about the phone calls. We will. We'll get okay. to that. Okay. we got a lot of stuff. All right. But let's start with the flag. <laughs> okay. See, it was ridiculous. They were, first. They, got, they put up every single uh, idea they got, even... Oh I don't want to see your toddlers. Stick Tori, drawing. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the general public. I don't want to see your kids stick <laughs> flag idea. No. So they put no. all of them on the website, but apparently we're whittling down to five. Is that right? And that happens today? That is the goal. The meeting of the new state uh, you know, flag design and emblems commission starts, I think, around noon, around midday today. They've budgeted five hours this afternoon with the option of going longer tonight. I mean, you know, they've got, this has been quite the saga, this new panel to pick a new state flag and seal. And as you mentioned, we got, they got thousands of submissions, some which were really great. Some which were like clearly jokes or wacky. And someone just submitted a picture of their dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There were pictures of like wood. yeah, there were some that appeared to be maybe just like a phone, a pocket dial. Yeah, accidental picture from camera. <laughs> That's but, um, hilarious. So they have to go through all these, but still, there are a lot of legitimate designs in there. And I think uh, what my understanding of what's going to happen is each member of this panel is going to pick 
some of their favorites and they'll debate and discuss and see if they can come up with five. You know, the deadline is coming up at the end of the year here for uh, for the, uh, the panel that was created by the legislature to pick a new state flag. And then, of course, you know, really the power lies with them unless the legislature vetoes it, like overrides that it, it's supposed to start flying next next spring. Tori, so, any scoop on like what the finalist flags look like? <laughs> no. I mean, you can go through all of all of the submissions are online. Yeah, I have. And some of them are really so, dumb. Some of them are really dumb. I, okay, I won't say dumb. Some of them are really creative, Jordana. Stupid. Creative. No, <laughs> dumb. But, Sorry. you know, I, there are some themes, right? There are some themes, kind of like a North Star theme, some green, some blue, uh, some more kind of simplistic, kind of blocky designs. That's something that flag experts, I think, say is often a good thing, like a flag that can be easily recognized by mm-hmm. people and kind of comprehended and understood. So. I would look at them to maybe emphasize some of those types of designs over the dog selfie, but we'll see. Uh, But it should be fun, and and they'll be released. They'll be all over the news. Folks will see them. They'll be all over the news tonight and tomorrow. Great, great topic. A topic of conversation for your Thanksgiving oh, dinner table. Yes, oh, for sure. For sure. But, but on that no- Minnesota should fly. On that note, though, you know about vetoing. But let's say next year, the uh, House flips back to Republicans. I mean, to me, this sounds like one of those issues where Republicans would say that the flag was fine. We don't need to change it. Would there be like a I mean, could this be an ongoing fight? Oh, I haven't heard anything about about that. And it would be next year is in the session that starts in February. So it'll be the current house. It's all like legislators. And you'd have to have a majority of legislators in the, the chambers say we hate this design so much. Uh, okay. that right. we want to reject it. So, uh, but we'll, anything, anything can happen. Well, Adam is just trying to stir the pot here. I'm not. So don't I don't listen want to Adam. No, I don't want it. I, I don't want stirring it. the pot. I, I do love not. It. I love it. Hey, that could be a flag design. Stir the pot. Stop it. How about one that would change Ooh, colors, stop like in it. different kinds of weather? Can you oh, not like make it, it more like complicated? Like a mood ring. Yeah, like a, a mood, mood ring. ring. Like a mood flag. You know, Minnesota gets cold. The flag turns to like just black. <laughs> Sorry, we, let's, we, we hate we're, our lives we're moving on from the flag. I'm so over the flag. Yeah. Um, okay. Tori, we talked last week about Governor Wall's trip uh, to Australia, and people were saying, ah, do you really need a trip? Governor Walls, of course, defended it and said, you know, in-person relationships are really important if we're trying to create some business. So uh, I know you have a follow-up on that. Was it worth it? Well, uh, several kind of experts and folks involved in the trip and folks involved in past administrations on similar trips say it was. We don't know all of the results of this particular trip yet. They, of course, just got back from this trade mission to Australia over the weekend. But we did hear from, you know, the president of the Minneapolis Regional Chamber kind of told us that there were some real prospects of, of partnerships and investments emerging. So, you know, time will tell. But what we've heard from, you know, both experts from the University of Minnesota Business School, from a representative from Tim Pawlenty, former Republican Governor Tim Pawlenty's administration, is that uh, the consensus or general view is that those face-to-face relationships do matter and the opportunity to meet and discuss and talk about potential ways to partner. Now, how that actually translates to, like, direct dollars invested in Minnesota, jobs in Minnesota, it's hard to draw a straight line, right? Because there's all sorts of factors that play into these kind of global trade decisions and deals. Um, but, you know, time will tell. And, of course, 
you know, one thing we heard from the medical alley, kind of the med tech world is they also see a benefit in it. They sent a representative on this trip. Um, but again, the direct line is hard to, to draw because in, in that world in particular, sometimes developments in medical technology or partnerships are one, two, three, four, five years down the line, right? Yeah. When something actually comes together with technology, with innovation, with opportunities. So um, we haven't heard, the governor's doing an event, a highway event today, but he'll be back in town for the local turkey presentation tomorrow. And so I'm sure we'll be asking about him about some of those findings. I, I feel like this is one of those issues where, you know, if it's your guy or if it's your person and, and then you, you, you say it's a good idea and if not, it just gives you another chance to criticize. The, being the governor of the state, you're also the salesperson for the state. You also mm-hmm. are the marketer of the state. And let's be honest with you, we've got a lot of big companies in this, in, in this state that do a lot of business internationally. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I feel like this is much ado about not a lot. I think that these trips are worth it, I think, when it all is said and done. And that's what some folks said. It's just even the companies that already have relationships and partners, it's kind of like a morale boost or a special thing to have a governor from the U.S., to have, you know, CEOs from these different companies, the president of the University of Minnesota, you know, from the higher education standpoint in terms of recruiting students, you know, exchange students, that sort of thing. It kind of is a a special thing and people do put some stake in it. Um, And of course, on the cost perspective, there is a cost. We're still waiting for the final cost. There is a cost to taxpayers for the governor, his aides, you know, some of his commissioners, but all of those representatives from the business community, et cetera, who go on these trips, they pay their own way. So it's not like the state is paying for, you know, the executive from Delta to right. fly. I'm, I'm right. sure he has miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, so we'll get some more details hopefully soon in the governor. Uh, we'll be asking him, you know, tell us what he thinks that, you know, the, the takeaways here were. For people that were, you know, um, talking about how we don't text or we text and we don't take phone calls. I do agree that in-person meetings matter and making an effort to shake hands or give a hug or talk in person. It does matter. So um, I, I am OK with it. And I think it does help. Uh, let's let's uh, switch focus a little bit to um, this national democratic group that is now interested in the special election for a Minnesota House seat. Uh, the the Democratic legislative campaign is adding Bianca Vernig. She is a DFL nominee to House Dist- District 52B and uh, its candidate program. Uh, who is Bianca Vernig? What's the story behind the story here? Yeah, Bianca is one of the candidates running in a special election early next month for a South Metro uh, House seat, includes Mendota Heights, part of Mendota, part of Egan. And that's open because former DFL representative Ruth Richardson uh, resigned to focus on her job at the helm of Planned Parenthood. Um, This is not a super, super competitive seat. The uh, Ruth Richardson won it with over 60 percent of the vote. In the last election, though it was a swing district in years past, but why it matters and the reason we're seeing a little bit of interest from these national groups committed to legislative majorities is uh, that every incumbent seat matters when you're talking about a narrowly divided House, right? All 134 seats in the House, uh, the House DFL's majority is at stake in next year's 2024 elections. And so, you know, Democrats are looking to throw this up, solidify 
make sure they have a strong candidate who wins and, you know, with the power of incumbency is in a better position to protect the seat next year. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit symbolic adding these national groups, adding folks to their kind of candidate watch list. We see it on the congressional level, too, from political groups at both sides. But it does signal kind of the bigger stakes and the interest that groups nationally are going to have in uh, the state legislative elections next year. Because, again, the DSL trifecta could be on the line. Republicans could take back control of the House and we'd be back at, uh, you know, divided government. And it's going to be decided by just a handful of those districts next year. Maybe one side of the flag could be like Minnesota Republicans and the other side of the flag could be Minnesota Democrats. <laughs> I'm just coming. I'm spitballing here. I mean, we still have time to change. Sure. The flag. No, we don't. Yeah. You should have submitted already. They're now down okay. to five. I did send a photo. Yeah. What did you send your dog? Like a picture of wood. Just a yeah. Mountain Dew. Just a yes. big, big, big can of Mountain big Dew. Can of Mountain, Dew. Mountain Dew. Or, or That's the state Diet soda. Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, right. You mentioned that the governor has something to do with turkeys tomorrow. Are we pardoning Minnesota turkeys too? Or we had Minnesota turkeys be pardoned by President <laughs> Biden. What left? What Not. left is there to do with Minnesota turkeys other than eat them on Thursday? They are not as going to be as famous Good. as Liberty and Bell. Good. Our Taylor Swift bubble bath hockey Mall of America loving big beautiful birds. <laughs> that got their moment in the sun at the White House uh, yesterday. But the governor in Minnesota does do what they call a turkey presentation for various reasons. They uh, don't call it a pardon here. I think one of the rationales used to be that the governor in Minnesota doesn't have a unilateral pardon power, technically, even though this is all yeah. very silly. But uh, the turkeys do get to, like in the past, have lived on a hobby farm, I believe. And we will have a turkey We'll have another political turkey event for you, Adam. So let the let the jokes fly. I, okay? I, hear, I got one. Here's the perfect name for Minnesota's turkey this year. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Feeding our future. How about that? Oh, oh stop. Oh, awful. Too soon? But I'm bum. Awful. Well, Tori, before we let you yeah. go, uh, what's your plan? Who's cooking? And what's your favorite part of Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, uh, my in-laws are coming over, and I have a really good friend from college who I haven't seen in years who's also coming from out of town to spend Thanksgiving with us. Um, and my favorite, well, I love my mom makes a really good creamed onion recipe mm. that mm. I will be making this year. Nice. Um, but I just love, I'm a more savory person. I like the more savory sides, like the stuffing, but I just like spending time with family. So I think that'll be really fun and i hope you have a wonderful thanksgiving and all of your uh listeners do too thank you sweetheart thanks tori so yeah. she likes her family yeah. that's good yeah well, i still she like mine. Really she's like on the radio family. she has to say that you have to say that you can't really be honest i heard that no, i heard no, that no, I, really I heard i heard that. the uh yeah. change in her voice she said my in-laws are coming yeah. over i really can't <laughs> no, wait to spend no, time with them Jackie's listening I, we're kidding. <laughs> kidding. hi jackie we love you i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> No, I like mine, too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tori. Happy Thanksgiving. They're wonderful. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. Bye. Tori Manute from Axios. She's texting right now. They were kidding. They were kidding. She's texting her mother-in-law. I'm kidding. (laughs) I think my turkey name is great. Feeding our future. The turkey will feed our future. Hey, what are you doing? Do you cook? Are you and Jen cooking? Are you hosting? Uh, You going to Cheryl's? uh, No, Cheryl is coming with us to my sister-in-law's house Mm -hmm. and my girls Mm -hmm. and my wife. What is she doing? I'll tell you next on News Talk 830 WCCO. (laughs) We'll talk about that tomorrow, I think.
what not to talk what about. What not at to talk about at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Right. I, I agree. Because there's a long just, list. You just roll your just eyes and you're like, let's right. talk about the Vikings. Honestly. There's so many other things to talk about. Right. But, you know, while we each other up, I totally get it. But that's the problem. I don't want to get too far into this guy. But that, that's the problem, too, is that there's certain people that like to rile people up. And, and don't be that person because you're annoying. a jerk. Yes. Yeah, you're annoying. My wife, by the way, 1052, that's your Linda's construction time check. Time to invest in infinity from Marvin Windows. Uh, pie. Oh. Pumpkin and French silk pie. French silk. My wife makes an incredible French silk pie. Does she pie. do her own crust? Uh, I'm going to say she, probably does she has. She's a baker. Yeah, she probably does. Um, so good. But the best thing about her French silk pie is that, you know, French silk pie can often get a little too rich. Mm, I don't know about and that. hers is a little milder, which is a little more subtle. So good. Yeah. That is a good thing to bring. You're a hero if you show up with a French silk pie. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'll carry so, it. Like, hey, look yeah, what I Right? Made. Like you Everybody. did anything. Yeah. I know. Uh, so what uh, – where are you going? Are you hosting? No, we're not hosting. Okay. We're going to my sister-in-law's. So – Okay, nice. Yeah. So is it like a big, uh, like a lot of people that you're supposed to probably be I, maybe 10 to 15, I want to say. Okay, that's a good crowd. That's a good crowd. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. Okay, and you're Do you you're prefer the pie. bigger crowd or you you like the smaller? Like well, some years, you know, like it's like we're just going to do a small one. I know, but but Thanksgiving, I, it, it can be a celebration. And also, if you have a big crowd, you can avoid people that maybe are annoying you or talking about something you don't want to talk about. The, provo- and, the provocateurs. Exactly. You can sort of be like, oh, I got to go see on Cousin Susie right. and, and see how she's doing. Want to check in on her basket weaving uh, profession or whatever. You know, you, you can't uh, – you, you can change it up if it's a big crowd. And I guess if it's a big crowd – and you don't love your family or if it's tenuous, you get it all done in one fell swoop at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. yep. and, and maybe you – You move on to, to the holidays. You move yeah. on to Christmas or Hanukkah and then you don't have to see them. And then you don't have to see them, yeah. Um, David, what about you guys? What are you doing? Uh, well, Katrina and I are both working the holiday. She's, yeah. She'll be at the hospital overnights and I'll be here. So we will have a dinner. We're both off in the afternoon. So we'll go to my mother's house and it will be a small gathering. My mom mm-hmm. has – Five brothers and five sisters. It's a huge family. Mm -hmm. And usually it's 20, 30 plus. But this time, for whatever reason, it's going to be smaller. It's like eight or nine of us, Uh, which I kind of like the bigger celebration. Well, see, eight or nine to me, that was like traditionally that would have been growing up. That would have been the number for us. Eight Mm -hmm. or nine people, maybe 10. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a Thanksgiving with more than like 15 people. Oh, wow. I don't yeah. think I've ever, I don't think I've ever really? been to one with less than 15 people. Really? Yeah. How many tables do you need? Mm, like, see, like I just... Three often, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. And is it like a whole day event, David? I know you're working, but like after that, like do you go right away and you sort of hang out for four or five hours and eat and then have leftovers? Yeah, traditionally it's, uh, you know, maybe dinner's at two, so you're showing up right. at uh, 1230. Right. Dinner's at 2, which means 2.45 or 3, and then you're watching football and cleaning up and then having pie at 5 and maybe staying for leftovers at 6 or 7. And is that okay or you want to kill each other? Uh, It's okay as long as I have the keys to my car and can leave when I want to. If you're stuck there. Yeah, true. True. And you can't mm-hmm. leave. That's not. Good. And don't shame people if they want to leave early. Oh my yes. God, no. Agreed. My God. I mean, that is the most frustrating part of a holiday for me is mm-hmm. the just the incessant need. Like you've always oh, got to stick around. Uh, so, Have do you guys do the early dinner or do you do the late dinner? We're doing late this time. See, uh, what's late? Like four ish, maybe. Okay. 
Usually I'm a, and that's new for me too. Usually it was like an 11 or 12 for me. Oh, okay. So it's a full like lunch. It's almost like a, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I want. I like, like that too. Because I don't want to sit there the and snack because right. then you snack all day and then all you're day. like, oh God, now it's time to eat. I agree. And then, I like and that you early. eat early and then mm-hmm. you can snack after and you have the sandwich. And you have the leftovers. Turkey sandwich. Right. right. You can with go ripple make chips. Really? You're putting chips on the sandwich? Not on the sandwich, oh, but that's okay. a good side to have with your turkey sandwich later in the day. Yeah. I know we're doing a late dinner. I think maybe because some of us are working, I'm working, but I'm done at noon. So I could do a two. I think a two o'clock dinner would be perfect. Yeah, two is a good time. Two, because you're, you're, if you haven't eaten yet, you're really hungry. Yes. And you're ravenous and you can get everything in. And then you also don't go to bed with like a super full belly. Correct. You don't feel so gross. At the end of the day. Yeah. What's better, early or late? 651-461-9226. And I'm not talking like 11, I think, is a little early. That's, I don't even know if the Macy's Day Parade is over by then. That seem, it seems like a little early, 11 in the morning. I go for the 2 o'clock. Why do we have those parades? Enough with the parade. I do watch the parade. because my, You know why? Because my mom liked the parade, and we used to watch the parade every Thanksgiving. So like, I do put it on. I wonder if I'm going to have to tape it this year, though. Stop it shaking your head at me. It's fun to watch the parade. No, you parades, tape it. Parades are I might have to tape worth, it. And tape it. On, put it on a VHS. Okay, stop it. You guys are so... Can we right, be done with this hour? Take a break. They're being so mean to me. We'll be back. <laughs> hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.